All right, everybody, welcome to the December 22nd edition of Cascadian Views. We are Chrysalis tonight, so we have the classic lineup with Dan and JJ. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Back to the originals. So we, uh, well, we had a whole 2018 wrapped up into this week, um, which is <laughs> insane. We skipped last week. Uh, I work in a field where people die a lot so I had some previous obligations to that. Um, but things are in a tailspin, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I guess we'll, we'll start with the shutdown. The government officially shut down as of uh, two days ago. Um, you can kind of think of this in an abstract way, but to uh, better encapsulate it, I'll just point out that my mother, a member of the, the military, was informed on Friday that she would not be getting her next paycheck or any in the foreseeable future because her branch of the military has their paychecks handled through the Department of Homeland Security, which is one of the departments that shut down. Uh, so what's going on? It's a 25% shutdown of the federal government, from what I understand. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's in terms of money being spent or in terms of employees or how that's calculated, but... There's some big ones on there. As I mentioned, the Department of Homeland Security, probably the biggest, which means the guys currently, you know, out there willing to take a bullet for the president are not being paid right now. The Secret Service is uh, working for free. Yeah. Yeah. My understanding of the 25% shutdown is that uh, the bills they were supposed to be passing to keep everything open were, I guess, limited to a few departments or at least a few certain functions. Uh, either way, though, quarter of the federal government, that's a lot of employees who, like your mom, aren't getting paid, but they're going to be expected to work, uh, including yeah, Homeland Security. So everybody who's traveling uh, gets to deal with a TSA agent who's not getting paid in time for Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say, so in a couple of days when I leave town, the dude who feels up my nuts is yep. going to be really angry, like <laughs> as angry about it as I am. <laughs> which is not a consolation not at all yeah yeah any federal government whose payroll is handled by the department of homeland security has a pay freeze going on and here's the craziest part while the u.s government typically awards back pay to employees who work during that time or are deemed essential and legally required to continue working they're actually not obligated to do that that's that's just a convention that's just what congress usually does so, you know, so there's a very legitimate chance that these people just straight up don't get paid. Yeah. Unless yeah. Congress uh, takes it upon itself to to obligate itself to award money for the hours they work during the shutdown. The people that they, by the way, by deeming essential, legally required to continue to show up to work, unless Congress just takes it upon themselves to pay them, all this time is essentially indentured servitude. Is that... Does that have to be signed by Trump, or is that just a separate congressional decision? Is it has to be signed by budget? Trump. It'll be part of the oh, budget. Fuck. Uh, the budget reopening. Real chance. Yeah, the budget mm -hmm. reopening the government has to allocate money to pay them back for the hours that they worked while it was closed. Wow. What if the second Civil War happened because he didn't pay fucking government workers? <laughs> How fucking weird would that be? Like, that's not Get the more way that our side. I ever would have seen it coming. But, like, just for a second. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he did the shutdown after having a bill to not shut the government down uh, over wall money. And now, the weirdest part here is he actually had two cracks at this. He, he was offered a budget for a year that funded his wall the point that he wanted it funded which is not the complete amount it's the five billion dollars uh and in return for that we got daca that was the plan like six months ago and he turned that down and then the government was about to shut down and uh the, the senate pushed through a bill that had zero dollars for the wall money uh and they pushed it through by nearly unanimous consent it was like 99 to zero or something mm -hmm. all correctly um and, and then Trump told everybody in the House he wasn't going to sign it and get his wall money. And uh, then everybody went home. 
the the senators went home the congressional representatives called it a day went home so i mean this all comes down to a temper tantrum yeah uh I, that that's really all that it is because everybody else was in agreement this is something that could have sailed through the house no problem anytime and all it would have taken was him to sign it but now we're back and uh the, I guess the last thing that the House did was in response to Trump's tantrum, they passed a bill that included wall funding, but it was very obviously dead in the Senate to start with. So now we're back to square one. I guess Trump needed to needed to show off to Nancy Pelosi that he could so, you know, get a bill through the House. But, you know, big deal. Uh, the Republicans are controlling the House for the next uh, 10 days. And once that's done, his money is nowhere coming, yeah, not coming from anywhere for the wall at that point. No leverage at all. The the bill's dead in the Senate, but it's not quite so simple. The Senate at first did not look like it was going to even advance the House bill to debate. Um, yeah. They were losing that vote most of the day, 46 to 44. Um, and at the end, they they decided that at some point, there was going to be something, and a money bill has to start in the House. So they they needed to take up this bill just to gut it, basically, and send their own compromise measure back at some point. Um, and that got enough votes to flip, enough Republicans that didn't want to deal with the wall money, plus Doug Jones of Alabama, All right. to get them to 50% plus Pence breaking a tie, just so that they could have the option to do another crack at this bill later. I don't think anybody expects the House bill in the senate yeah uh although it just the whole process where you have to vote to hear that bill to get something else i i something tells me hijinks will ensue from that at some point that uh, there's a bamboozling coming on but that just may be paranoid yeah uh i mean <laughs> no it's the darkest timeline paranoia is not um, a valid word anymore. Right. Uh, I mean, what Trump's been trying to happen, uh, what he's been yelling at McConnell about to do is to uh, nuke the filibuster, basically. He says he can get this through with 50 votes. I'm not even sure he has 50 votes for the wall even if you could eliminate the filibuster with all the procedural difficulties there are not 50 republicans in washington or in the senate at least i mean the fact that this where, bill where was tied go. at like 44 uh or 45 or whatever 46 i uh, should tell you that they're missing eight senators fucking uh brian satch went to hawaii flew all the way from dulles to hawaii and turned around in 17 after 17 minutes on the ground to fly oh back God. to dc Ugh. Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the, the, he, they don't need Brian Schatz, though, to no. pass you know, the bill. They, they need to come up with, the, or the nuke the filibuster, even. They need to get 50 Republicans plus Pence to say that that's what they want to do. Yeah, but and, there just isn't the will for Republicans to hang around. They want to go home. It's fucking Christmas time. And, sure. You know, yeah. they're not going to stay there for a Trump temper tantrum. And the Democrats have all the incentive in the world to stick around. No, Republicans yeah. don't have a functional majority over the Christmas holiday right now. They just don't. Right. And, yeah, in 10 days, they don't have a House majority at all. So, yeah, I mean, all the incentive is to at least uh, minimize any kind of extended deal, certainly, and negotiate once Democrats have even more power. Uh, and then... Honestly, where does Trump go from there? You know, Ken, in our uh, topic thread, he prompted us to, you know, see how long we think this is going to last and who's going to cave. Trump has no bargaining power here. He just doesn't. He's preemptively taken responsibility for the shutdown. So it's not like. And then immediately tried to call it a democratic shutdown. Of course, because he's dumb. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, but I think he's made it pretty clear to voters that, you know, it's all his fault. You know, congressional Republicans had a bill they were good with. They sent it on to him. Democrats were good with it. Everybody was on board. And then Trump pulls the rug out. So clearly it is his fault. 
and all political blame squarely belongs on him. And as long as the media is being responsible, that's how it's going to come about. There's no guess, check in the system, though, to stop him from continuing to do that. And the way that right. he's dug in the conservative wing in, in the House, at least, or what's currently the House, that'll change uh, in just a month or two. But, yeah. uh, you know, you, you've got people in that caucus, in the House Freedom Caucus, I think it was Mark Meadows, who came out and said anything less than $5.6 billion for the wall in this budget destroys conservatism. <laughs> Yay. Well, great. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, they can't rationally back down from that. They have got themselves into a corner where there is no way for them to back down. And if Trump wants to keep the shutdown going, there is literally nothing stopping him. I, I seriously think yeah. we could get a, a problem solvers coalition together in the Senate after maybe three weeks. That would be enough to override a veto on a budget. But in the House, not until the Democratic caucus takes over. Yeah. And even then, do they get enough disaffected Republicans? The the movement conservative side of the House is a lot bigger proportionally than it is in the Senate. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at how shutdowns have ended in the past, usually it's the president that wins. You know, partly because, you know, a lot of times it's been crazy Republicans in Congress forcing a, sh forcing a standoff with a Democratic president who's able to portray himself as reasonable. Uh, here, you know, you don't have that same dynamic. It's a Republican president who has gone ahead and caused a shutdown, first of all, against his own unified Congress of his own party, which, again, doesn't generally happen. But this is Trump land. This is the Trump timeline. Uh, but then, I guess, I'm trying to think of how this ends up ending. I could see a situation where they decide to soak him for everything he's got on every other possible priority, whether it's rolling back some tax cuts or uh, some of the other spending cuts, uh, getting approval for you know DACA or something like that. Just pick everything else and say, okay, you know, give us all these other items from the Democratic agenda. Uh, a bill to protect Mueller while we're at it. Why not? Uh, and in exchange for that, sure, you can have your $6 billion in wall funding. Uh, you, you won't have time to get it all built because you're going to be impeached in a few weeks' time. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, $5.6 billion, which is what Trump is asking for, is they, the Department of Homeland Security estimates the wall is going to cost $25 billion or something. Right. So it's, it's not even close to fully funding his wall. I still don't think we do it though. Like not yeah. not a cent. Maybe maybe some money for like an environmental assessment survey about what <laughs> the absolutely terrible impact of this wall will be and not a dime for any construction whatsoever. I I I hate to be like, you know, the online fucking hanky or whatnot on this, but this is bigger than just the fucking wall at this point. It's the symbolism, not a fucking dime. Sure. Yeah. There we go. And, and I'm he, and he, 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 and if he loses on it, you know, I think there's a fair point that, you know, this is the kind of hate that holds his base together. If he doesn't really have anything that he can, you know, use as a fig leaf to say, okay, I won. Here's my wall funding. You know, here I am, MAGA, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that does start to eat away at his base. I mean, wasn't the consensus that uh, he uh, turned around and decided he wasn't going to sign this because Ann Coulter was talking shit about him for two days? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, she tweeted out something, uh, just like wordplay, like no wall failed president or something like that. And he went ballistic. But he's... He's getting angrier. The New York Times had a great story about how now he always has TV on, even during like staff meetings and meetings in the Oval Office. And when his name comes up, he'll make people stop talking so they can focus on the TV and hear what they're saying. <laughs> it's it, that, it's crazy. Mr. President, Mr. President, uh, they actually are rebuilding their uh, nuclear weapons facilities in North Korea. Wait, wait. I want to hear what Ducey has to say. Yeah. You know what? That's not uh, even on the topic list, but yeah, North Korea basically announced that. 
They said they will never denuclearize as long as the USA has nuclear weapons and troops on the Korean Peninsula. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's something else he got rolled on completely that didn't even make the news, really. He had to go, like, deep into national security wonks to, to yeah. find out anything about it just because everything else that's gone on. Which... We didn't even have it on our list this week. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. Oh, man. Uh and I guess that'll move us on to our, our next bit of, of international news here, which is uh, Trump decided via Twitter, without talking to anybody, that we were pulling out of Syria. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say not talking to anybody. The conversation with Erdogan. Hey, talked to Erdogan. Yeah, last week. <laughs> uh, who convinced him to. And just a little reminder, um, Turkey is not within 500 kilometers of an ISIS base in Syria. They want free reign to attack the Kurds. Right. That is what they want there. They they don't give two shits about ISIS. Well, I mean, I think they would prefer there not be ISIS to there being ISIS. But in terms of like what they're actually engaging with in, in combat, it's the Kurds. It's not yeah. ISIS. Yeah, they might not want ISIS. But what they want more than anything is to get rid of the buffer in between them and ISIS being the Kurds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in in a perfect also, world, like, Turkey the most is not. successful fighters in that whole like theater of war for the past decade. It's insane. The Kurds have been for. What's the way to say this? That doesn't sound a little bit patronizingly racist. Uh, for an ethnicity that has been continually shat upon by not just the Western world but their own corner of the world for thousands of years. The Kurds are a remarkably, like, modern society. Like, you don't feel the tribalism as much that you usually feel in some of these conflicts in the Middle East. They they stand up for what they view, view as right and are effective in doing it. And while I may disagree with them on some of those things, I recognize a, a lot of kindred spirit to them in a, in a way that I don't necessarily get from, you know, the various uh, ethnic groups that are battling for an ethnic state in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that that's their goal at the same time. I mean, the main political problem the Kurds have is that their, their territory is spread out over like four extremely hostile countries. Yeah. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And yeah. of all four of those, the ones that are like the most chill with them in, is Iran. Which is not a good place. When Iran is like the one you look to, you're not doing so great. Yeah, well, everyone else has probably tried to commit genocide against the Turks, the Iraqis, and yeah, exactly. We had a no-fly zone over Iraq for like two and a half decades because Saddam Hussein kept gassing the fucking Kurds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, they have a history of, of sorrow. <laughs> yeah i think it's fair to say but yeah i guess yeah the just to in case everyone hasn't read the report or you know uh, uh, everyone out in listener land uh what it basically was that uh trump had a call with erdogan and uh they were expecting there was going to be some discussion of syria of course and erdogan basically told him look i'm going to go in and i'm going to quote you know deal with the kurds and i need your people to not be in the way and it basically came down to Trump saying, okay, well, they're out. Yeah. And Erdogan just kind of shitting himself like, wait, no, 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 that's not quite what I asked for, but uh, okay. And, you know, I, it was supposed to be just a shakedown. You know, say, okay, yeah, I can't, you say I can't move against the Kurds, that's fine. What will you do to make it worth my while? And Trump just tells him, fine, do it. Yeah, yeah. kill him. I don't care. And we also <laughs> used it as cover to close an airbase we had been running that had really been annoying Russia. Yeah. Uh, Putin was praising this deal at the same time that Trump was saying that Putin hates this deal. Uh, Putin made public comments to the media about how great he thought it was. Um, our, our special envoy to the U.S. allies in Syria, uh, a gentleman by the name of McGurk, who has served... Not in that specific role, but in that same capacity as envoy to the democratic forces against ISIS. Uh, for three presidents, he started under Bush. He was appointed special envoy, uh, basically elevating him to a, a semi-cabinet position, under mm-hmm. President Obama. 
and then he's continued that under or under Trump. Yeah. Uh, he resigned in protest over this, uh, and Trump literally just like an hour ago took to Twitter saying he's never heard of this guy, which should tell you all you need to know when the U.S. president has oh never heard God. of his own special envoy in, to the anti-ISIS coalition. Uh, God, that's even worse. I was going to say typical deep state, but he didn't even couldn't even get it together to do that. Uh, yeah. That's... That's great. We're all going to die. You yeah. Know this, right? Speaking of which, that decision has uh, led General Mattis to resign his post as defense secretary with what I have to say is a refreshingly candid letter where he expresses his specific disagreements with the president, his specific feelings that the president had certain shortcomings in certain areas. And his desire to leave, which is how adults leave a job. Uh, all this backside bitching, you know, six months after you leave office like Tillerson did. No, just lay it out in paper. Just put it out there. Explain why you're leaving. Let people judge and go on to do your thing. He, he says some things that I agree with. The president has a right to a defense secretary that shares his vision. Uh, and here's why I don't share your vision. Here's a nice little list. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I'm gone, um, which doesn't make it better that the last sane person in the administration, who, by the way, would not be sane in any other administration. He has endorsed conspiracy theories and has enough ethical laundry to probably be somebody, I think, even posted a link saying he'd probably be the biggest liability in any administration that wasn't this one. Yeah. Uh, and we all just agreed to ignore it because he would, you know, literally tackle Trump. If Trump tried to, you know, nuke North Korea. We hoped. Yeah, it's true. We didn't know for sure. You know, I I always felt like that was a really big stretch. (laughs) But that was always the hope. It was all all we were holding on to, man. You know, 2017. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. The whole cabinet was just a host of nightmares. And was half the top of them. Oh God! And now he's gone. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the entire national security team on inauguration day gone, and one of them will get to shortly because he's probably going to jail. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least now you know Ollie North has a lifeboat for when the NRA gets shut down by the FBI because he's going to be the new Secretary of Defense. Sure. Right? Like a year ago, it doesn't even <laughs> seem that bad, because now we're missing like half the senior cabinet and well, all, all sorts of court shit going on. <laughs> all the halfway normal guys that uh, might have had connections to people like Reince Priebus or, you know, the people from the institutional Republican Party, you know, back in the time where we might have even thought that, you know, someone like Mitt Romney might be Secretary of State. But, Bob Corker, I remember seeing his name yeah. as Secretary of, uh, of State, yeah. Yeah, but now they're all gone. Uh, e- even the people we kind of got as the runner-up to you know, those offices are gone, and it's just crazy all the way down. What's gonna okay, make... So how long do you think we have until we're actually voting for cabinet members on, like, America, who's got cabinet <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, nobody fucking else wants to do it. Wait, didn't he like, actually get with somebody? Nobody serious credentials wants those jobs. Yeah. He he got somebody for chief of staff. Like he got somebody. Yeah. It, well, it was, it was got, Mulvaney, right? Yeah, Mulvaney's third <laughs> job is not going to be White House <laughs> chief of staff because that's something you can you can multitask that one. You, know, you, you can do that and... Uh, Somebody was Run floating around somebody. pictures on, on Twitter. Of... He's managing everything else, Dan. That might actually be <laughs> That's a good point. He's not really doing anything at CFPB. So, yeah. So it's, it's easy to multitask when your task is zero. <laughs> somebody was posting a picture on Twitter of Trump cabinet in 2020, and uh, every position was a picture of Mike Mulvaney, except, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Jared Kushner had one of the spots. Just like a series of faded Xerox copies. Oh, God. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, uh, and, and Ben Carson can stay. He's just so much fun. 
Is he Everyone still else. in the in the government? He, of course he is. Yeah. I have yeah. to say, I He's haven't heard of him in a while. Terrible, bro. I was just yeah. going to say, I. He, I haven't heard of him in a while, so I'm assuming he's not doing anything too fucked up. Oh no, the HUD is getting ransacked. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's a disaster. Everything's oh, a disaster. He's so fucking quiet about it that nobody cares because <laughs> the shit show is so ferocious that, like, you can't. Nobody can even pick their head up and breathe to look at the serious damage that's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's oh been God. it's been all quiet since he blamed his wife for buying expensive furniture. But uh, yeah, it's if they had just put the him at continues. the EPA instead of the other guy, maybe they could be getting all their shit through right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Trump will pick up on that and just cycle Ben Carson around as a hatchet man. He could be the new Mulvaney. Yeah, there well, we go. Maybe I should shut up. I don't want to give any ideas here. Well, I don't know. Could it be worse? Could it be worse than like John Bolton, Secretary of Defense? Or <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that I haven't thought about that exact situation happening. Yeah. The, enough people have cycled through that John Bolton could look like the adult in the room to a lot of, of Washington Republicans. I'm just saying. That's man, and he was the craziest guy from Bush. So, yeah. dude, enough crazy people are going through that place. I think Rush Limbaugh could look like an adult in the room. Oh, God. Or three. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, man. We, uh, we have a local, like, talk radio guy who does the national stuff on the, the right. I wonder if he's hooking for anything. Lars Larson is from Portland here. He does a show out of downtown. It's uh, it's kind of weird to me the talk radio stranglehold though that has on they have on Trump because, I mean that that's so old media compared to like, what Trump likes the flashy TV and whatnot. Why is Ann Coulter such a huge influence on him? Why is Rush Limbaugh? Right, a like I mean, it speaks to his base. Like they're a huge influence on his base. Yeah. But it is weird that they're getting to him. I mean. I think Coulter's got a pretty mean Twitter game, though, too. Yeah, but she writes books, and Trump does not read. Like, famously, yeah, does not read. but they've probably bumped up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, she doesn't yeah. do TV as much, does she? I mean, not she was really. She's occasionally on, on Fox News. but She that, does that, Bill Maher every now and again. Those two deserve each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh... I want really hard to like Vilmar. As soon as he starts opening his mouth about like vaccinations or whatnot in that smarmy fucking I know more than you while being a hundred percent wrong, I just want to smack him so hard. There, there are a lot of things that I like about him and then so many things where I'm just like, oh my god, you disgusting old filthy man. Like... <laughs> You just are a terrible douche waffle at all times. Yeah. Didn't he have I, some sort of throwdown with Ice Tea or Ice Cube or something recently? I haven't heard that. I, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. All right. He usually tries to be pretty cool with black men. But. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that he said something terribly stupid and just refused to back down from it. That's kind of his shtick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it always has been. Oh, yeah, uh, over Bill Maher's use of the N-word, him and Ice Cube got into it. Oh, we, that sounds wow. like a very Bill Maher thing to get into a fight about. Oh, 2018. I'm not going to miss you. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he called himself a, a house N-bomb, uh, and then... Oh, fuck, I remember shit. that. That's yeah. right. And then Ice yeah. Cube came on the show the next week to try and do, like, a teachable moment type thing where to talk about why... He tried really hard. Yeah, was, like, it why it's okay for his group to be NWA, but not okay for, like, Bill Maher to drop that. And Bill Maher kind of dug in and is like, you know, if, if you can use it, I can use it. And it turned into a whole thing. 
Yeah, it was a total shit show where he, you know, on TV showed everybody how completely tone deaf he could be. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been our small moment on why Bill Maher is a terrible person, even if he's right a lot of the time. He's wrong a lot of the time, too. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh... And I'm willing to contribute to the Bill Maher and Coulter wedding gift fund. I think we can make it happen. <laughs> I could, I could actually kind of see that working. He does like I to make a big show uh, of bipartisanship. He, he always has a mixed panel. And one oh. thing, you know what? Let me soften my criticism. One thing I do appreciate about him is he does try to do an honest mixed panel between like actual liberals and actual conservatives and not mm-hmm. that cable news bullshit where it's, you know, three movement conservatives and one moderate Democrat and they call it, you know, uh, a bipartisan panel. Sure. Or just a straight reporter because reporters are liberal. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to Flynn, who was a OG member of the original national security team, mm-hmm. uh, and he. Let's rewind a little bit. He was accused by Mueller of of lying his ass off to the FBI, basically after he had entered into a plea deal. Um, the the judge took none too kindly to this. Um, ordered Mueller to release a, a public version of the FBI memo corroborating this uh, with redactions. So they did redact some of it. It, uh, unlike the conspiracy theories that flew on, on the right about entrapment and, and all this other bullshit, it actually showed the FBI bending over backwards to not get Flynn in trouble uh, in places where they know he's lying and have information to corroborate that he's lying. They you know, gently nudge him towards the truth, give him a chance to, you know, think a little bit, maybe have a different answer uh, in a couple of cases outright say that they know what the right answer is. So does he want to maybe try again? Um, and through it all, he just doesn't back down, sticks with it. Um, the judge delayed his sentencing for a number of months until March, I believe, in order for uh, him to demonstrate a new his desire to uh, cooperate with federal investigators. So, uh, I mean, that that makes it seem like Mueller and the judge think he does have more information he's, he's holding on to, I guess, right? Am I reading that right? Uh, I think it's certainly possible. I mean, my reading of it was the judge threatened to throw the book at him and said, if you cooperate some more, maybe you won't do jail time the way Mueller says. And Flynn jumps at that opportunity because... By all indication, you know, the judge was going to say, look, you know, Mueller says you're cooperating and that's all well and good, but this is not commensurate with the crime that you've committed. So you need to come up with even more. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility he's got more, although I mean, they wouldn't he's already send him back so for three much months, and, right? If they didn't think there was, they thought I, this was just a delaying tactic. They wouldn't give him that time. And he yeah. didn't ask for that time if I... No, well, no, he was said, if I sentence you today, then you're going to prison. And do you want to be, do you want me to proceed? And Flynn says, no, I'll take more time. Yeah, I'll cooperate. So, yeah, yeah that was great. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. I don't actually want. Do you want to go to jail or do you want to sing some more? Like, oh, I could sing. I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, OK, sure. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else he'd come up with because it's been a full year now, but I'm excited to see what it is. <laughs> if we ever... <laughs> it's all redacted. Just kind of in the, the orbit of this investigation, we're also now kind of expecting an imminent indictment of Roger Stone. Um, the House, I believe, or maybe the Senate, um, submitted their testimony to the Mueller investigation team um, at Mueller's request, I suppose. Um, and they have publicly warned Mueller that they believe that Stone committed perjury and lied to Congress. So, I mean, that's that's going to happen soon, I would think, but I don't really know the pace of these things. Uh, Stone himself appears to believe it's, it's basically any day now. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. There was about... Seems like there was about a two-month lead time between, you know, things like the raid of uh, Manafort's homes 
And when he got indicted, actually, it might have been three months altogether. I'm thinking that might have been August, somewhere in there. Uh, so, yeah, I think we may still be at least a few months out, and there may still be further cooperation from Cohen that pushes that further along as well. Uh, but it certainly seems to be moving in that direction. You know, it was the House House uh, Committee that uh, sent that information on. So even even Nunez gave him up. Stone is, is through his lawyer, trying to get um, his transcripts made public from that. Uh, it wasn't hmm. a, a secret hearing. He, he ostensibly wants to go the Comey route and doesn't want people selectively leaking or misinterpreting his comments and just wants the whole thing released. He even references Comey in lawyer list in the letter to the uh, committee asking for the transcripts to be released. I... I, yeah. I I don't know what I think about that. That that has there. There's some other reason. He, he can't just want the whole thing out. There, there's not yeah. a chance. So, why? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, nothing to lose, I guess. You know, if Mueller has it, it might as well be public, as far as he's concerned. Is he doing something that leaves him an out where he can, you know, claim he meant something else? Did he leave the breadcrumbs for this? Is there a good Yo Mama joke that he wants people to see? Which, with Roger Stone, may be perfectly valid rationale. Yeah, it could very well be him, you know, getting a sick burn in uh, someone on, uh, was it? I said newness. I'm not sure if it was Intelligence Committee or if it was one of the others that was conducting this investigation. But, yeah, he certainly could have, you know, snapped back at some Democrat and wants to <laughs> show the world how how on top of it he was and how witty he was under this pressure. Because he's just that kind of asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've seen a flurry of activity in this investigation with, with Flynn um, being kind of the culmination. But it seems like it's completely out of its hiatus from the midterms. Yeah, and not getting shut down the way I think a lot of us had feared. Uh, I mean, that was the uh, th that was kind of the big fear with uh, Whitaker coming in, and I guess that's also kind of some tangential news there. It came out that uh, he'd sought advice of the department on whether or not he should be in charge of the Russia probe. They told him no, and he decided, well, I guess I'm going to do it anyway. They they didn't exactly tell him no. They said he probably should recuse himself. They Yeah, they said that there while there wasn't a legal rationale um, in the interest of avoiding appearances and out of an abundance of caution, he should recuse. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, to be... I don't know if I hold that against him so much as the fact that the president was talking to him about how, <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, how to that too. shut down the Mueller investigation, basically. Um, among a couple other things, apparently he was also talking to this guy about whether or not he has the authority to fire the uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. This has been going on for a couple of days now. He's he's trying to get the legal rationale from his aides because it's not exactly clear. Yeah. Um, he can remove governors of, of various Federal Reserve branches uh, for good cause, which he may or may not have. But it says nothing about the chairman of the whole Fed. That would be untested. People would assume it has the same rules as a Fed governor, but that actually hasn't been shown in court. So it is something of an open question. And he's polling people, basically, to, to get his, his ducks in a row on that one. I guess he's pissed off... Okay, so there's a couple of reasons. One, which is actually apparent all involved, uh, the stock market's tanking. And he doesn't like that rates are going up. Rates are going up because the recession, you know, that we dropped rates to zero. In fact, Europe went to negative interest rates for a while. We stopped at zero. Uh, that's been over for a while. So they've been coming back up to a normal fucking economy. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't like that. Also, somebody pointed out that Trump has, like, $400 million or somewhere thereabouts in variable interest loans that every time the Fed raises rates, his rates go up on those. Uh, he doesn't even give a shit about the Dow. It's costing him money. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite, yeah, it's quite <laughs> That's possible. That's <not> plausible. 
that this is what's oh really God. driving it. He has 300 and, and some <laughs> odd million dollars in very low rate loans. Getting killed in the lights right now. I'm just oh gonna, you gotta look, who do I have to fire to get a better into his Oh, the Fed chairman. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's totally. Oh, man. Trump just appointed this guy, too, by the way. Right. Yeah. Just a few months ago. Yeah. And he should have done a better job. Every time he yells at him to leave the rates alone, he practically ends up requiring this guy to actually <laughs> raise them in order to give some appearance of independence for the Fed. Oh, but, man. Well, Jesus, thank you know, it's not great that rates are going up, but I guess they're concerned about recession. And if the economy does turn around, they're going to need to have some kind of countercyclical measure to deploy against it because they're sure as shit not going to have any room for any kind of fiscal stimulus. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but you can't have a zero base interest rate for like a decade. Yeah. That, that, that's just not how that works. I mean, I'm okay we went to it. We needed it. I was okay with quantitative easing, too. We needed that. But they're not... The backbone of Keynesian economics is counter-cyclical. You don't have a a zero rate all the time because it's best for business, because it's terrible for your economy in the long run. You, yeah. You feed it when it needs to be fed, and you, you hold back when times are good. Yep. And, well, you know, that's... You know, I responsible uh i guess you know conservative-ish uh economic steward basically doing what they're supposed to do but uh trump is yelling at them and trying to get them to do the opposite you know just like they've done with uh, financial you know well not not financial budgetary stimulus because that's basically you know they're also doing the don't in terms of how that goes you're supposed to build up you know build up uh, surpluses and have a reserve available so that you can deficit spend when the economy takes a downturn. But if you're building up a trillion plus in annual deficits, when the economy is growing, you know, to the tune of, you know, 3% of GDP, you don't have much room to turn things around. You're going to deficit spend just because there's a downturn. And so a $1 trillion deficit suddenly becomes, you know, two, two and a half overnight if you have a real contraction. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, – Trump topic. is doing everything wrong. Yeah, basically. <laughs> everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll transition to that. It's not on the topic list, but um, there was some RBG news last couple days yeah. i don't know if you guys have been following along um she broke a rib uh a month ago or so and in the treatment for that they found some some cancerous legions in her lungs uh they were removed this is her her second brush with cancer she had uh an, an earlier uh operation to remove some some cancerous growths years ago in a different part of her body so it it doesn't seem like this is indicative of anything more systemic it is Perhaps a testament to the quality healthcare that government employees get that was caught early and treated. Um, mm -hmm. She voted to deny review uh, of the Trump administration uh, effort to return asylum seekers to their own right. country uh, from her hospital bed. She voted no on that from her hospital bed. Um, the the court was five to four in favor of denying review and leaving in place an injunction on that. Judge Roberts joined with the liberals on the court for that. Yeah. Um, uh, RBG is getting old, man. Like she's, she's just 85. Old. Yeah. Yeah. She's past getting, she, she done got there. Yeah. It's man. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know if she can hold that much longer. Uh, yeah, that's what makes you nervous, you know, because, you know, optimally speaking, you know, we can have someone, some other, she could retire safely in two years and four weeks time. But until then. Provided. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's a big F attached to that. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I mean, let's definitely not take that for granted because that's still a big F. 
That is also very true. I mean, well, shit. If Trump gets reelected, I don't know what the point. You know, at that point, she's she can might as well have a decent retirement at that point because I don't think she's going to make it until 2025. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's uh, what her her clerks need to be watching weekend at Bernie's like all the time for tips. <laughs> Taking how, notes. How they're gonna make this happen? Yeah. Maybe they have. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe she's just been like weekend at Bernie's all for like six months. She oh, no. she needs to be proactive though on the plan if she wants that to work. She needs to. Do a Judge Thomas thing where she stops asking questions in oral argument. Right. It doesn't make it weird. It has to be a natural thing. Right, right, right. No, I don't have no. Frog, no. it's cool, man. They just slip a cell phone in her pocket <laughs> so the mic picks it up and then she just like go back and like edit in questions from old recorded speeches of hers. They just deep fake it and put it through a phone. People are like, wow, that was an insightful question. Oh, man. If this is the future, we can really begin to bring somebody now. <laughs> oh, uh, and I guess uh, Chris isn't here, but he did want us to talk about uh, a bit of the maneuvering happening in D.C. Have you guys been checking in on that? Um, I, I'm not fully sure of what he's talking not about. I'm going to guess that that is the Green New Deal... And, uh, what was it, uh, some representative from Florida had to, like, take the bandwagon on tanking that or moving away from that sort of language. Oh, um, is this the thing about the oil and gas contributions and serving on the committee for that? Yes. Oh, okay. what, what's this about? So, I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with this. So the, the Democrats are implementing a... A committee, a select committee on this Green New Deal thing and, and environmental policy and whatnot. And one of the, the plans that a lot of progressives were pushing uh, was that nobody who had taken money from oil and gas industries was going to be allowed to, to sit on the committee. Um, and I, I'm not sure how far uh -huh. up in, in Democratic leadership it goes, but the end result, uh, they the people in Congress felt that as a congressional committee, that would be a, uh, a bridge too far on free speech, that they're, they're basically cutting off political speech and that they can't allow that policy, uh, the no oil and gas money, to, to be on the committee. Um, which seems dumb. I'm pretty sure that this is one of those things that the court generally defers and will not interfere with the, the self-administration of the legislative branch. But no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it seems like a dumb reason. Well, yeah, I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, we can, you know, the Congress can have its own, or the congressional majority can have their rules. I would think for who they're going to put on committees and what kind of standards they're going to set. I mean, Senate Republicans are never, ever, ever going to let, say, Susan Collins be chair of the Judiciary Committee, for instance. Well, you know, or Lisa Murkowski. You know, anyone who's basically pro-choice. You know, even nominally, they're never, ever, ever going to let them run judiciary. Uh, so I don't see why we couldn't say that's a standard for, you know, something like a subcommittee investigating environmental uh, solutions and uh, climate change. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how advisable the rule is, but I think it's certainly something that we could legally do. I, I think you hear free speech from a lot of people who who want to have terrible things continue happening. Free mm. speech has some, some pretty, you know, important connotations in American life, um, but it doesn't apply to a lot of things. And who sits on what committee in the legislature that's allowed to decide its own rules for that to a huge extent? I, I mean, the court has an express policy that they don't interfere in legislative affairs, basically. They call you know, constitutional and constitutional the laws that get passed, but they don't, you know, have any say in the running of the House or the running of the Senate. They explicitly put that aside as a question that's that's not up for them. Yeah. Yeah, the courts leave all that essentially as political question and leave it alone. You know, it's separation of powers issue as well, if they were to try and get into that. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah, I could see why they might reject that rule, but uh, it seems like kind of a nonsense reason for doing it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also kind of telling that they did not have the actual leadership come out and do it. Um, mm-hmm. There was somebody taking the fall there, and I, I think everybody knows it's a dumb reason. I don't think it's going to last that long. Uh, my my guess, and I'm really just hazarding this as a guess, I have no information on it whatsoever, uh, is that that's basically a trial balloon to see if that flies, which it, I'm assuming will not. And then Pelosi or, or somebody is going to get a come in as like, you know, the angelic angel from on high and be like, no, that's dumb. Let's have this rule. But I could just have rose-colored glasses on. Hmm. I don't know. That that seems pretty politically smart. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a good either way, right? If they ideally want the rule, but are aware that it's probably not going to fly, they have some flunky, some rep from Florida, go out, announce that's what it is, and you know what? If it works, cool. They get their rule, and if it doesn't. They get to come in, pretend to be the adults in the room, and make friends with, you know, the people who are ostensibly opposed to them on at least some things. Yeah. So, yeah, I really think that's being set up as kind of a win-win. It's not going to fly. If it does, they'll be happy, but it's not going to fly, and they're going to be in a position to, to look like the good guy cutting it out in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I just I don't think... I think it was dumb for them to even try that. This is a time where, you know, a united front is pretty important on these things. You know, we, Pelosi is whipping for what I said earlier, you know, not a single dime for the wall, not one red cent. And that's, you know, her trying to keep the caucus together. I I think you'd want to encourage the kumbaya as much as possible. (laughs) So, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, but also, like, if you want actual climate change policy, like, you don't want people paid by the oil and gas companies. It's like, you don't want big tobacco lobbyists developing healthcare. So I'll, let me turn that around a little bit to essentially get at the point that I don't care. Um, but there was a big deal during the, um, during the Democratic primary in 2016 over uh, Sanders taking money from, from the auto industry. Um, and it was, it was using websites like, like Open Secrets to make this push. And I always thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. Because those websites, uh, when you donate money to a political um, campaign, you usually have to indicate your employer, where your money comes from. And, you know, a mechanic who, who works 12-hour days to support, you know, his family, comes home covered in grease and shit, is technically the auto industry. The fact that he donated $200 to a super progressive candidate does not mean that the candidate is owned by the auto industry. It means that the people who support him have jobs in the real world where people do things. I thought that was a a really stupid idea to attack Sanders over that. Um, And so I, I don't... I'd be interested in how they determine oil and gas money. If you're not allowed to take yeah. money from a dude who works on an oil rig because that's his fucking job, because he's got a family of seven in Texas and that's the industry that allows him to support them, I don't think that's disqualifying. If you're taking, you know, $60,000 junkets paid for by ExxonMobil to their Caribbean island with, you know, resorts and all that, I, I think that's a little more disqualifying. So, so the implementation, I, I think, is kind of important there. Um, well, I, and I remember that as being part of our conversation during the 2016 election over this as well, when I had issue with, like, uh, you know, the insurance industry, the right. healthcare industry. You made a similar pitch, but that was the top contributing industry to Clinton's campaign, so that definitely wasn't $200 segments. Like, it should be pretty easy to filter that out by small and big donations, quite frankly. Well, I believe corporations are limited to the same direct contributions that individuals are, which is like 2,200 per election. So between the primary and the general, 4,400. Um, but they are allowed to fund super PACs, which how do you account yeah. for that? Like if right. they're funding a super PAC that backs a candidate but not giving money to the candidate, in my mind, that's just as bad. But on the other hand, the candidate also 
theoretically at least, I realize it doesn't always work like this, but theoretically doesn't get a say in that. It's supposed to be completely independent. They're not allowed to say no and forbid that super PAC from taking that money. So Well, right. If they do that, that's coordination. That's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just, I think it's messy. I think the rule is a good aspirational rule, uh, and it comes down to how it's implemented. And I don't think anybody's talking about the specifics of how it's implemented, so maybe I'm just getting upset about nothing, and maybe they've you know tackled all my objections to this. But at the end of the day, with what we currently know about these contributions, I, I think it's harder than a lot of people suspect to, to differentiate what's corporate sponsorship and what's money from individuals in that industry. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I would definitely like to see laws change that that gets a little bit easier. Yeah, at I mean, some level, I'm a little bit curious. There are still some problematics with yeah. that, of course, but, you know, it has become a lot easier to be anonymous about the manner by which huge fucking sums of money are moved around in political campaigns and we have to be able to fight at that somehow. Uh, absolutely. And, and I'd, just be, saying, I'd be curious to see if we're going to attack Citizens United. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a good place to start. I mean, sure. we just we just illustrated a huge problem with super PACs and, you know, unlimited corporate donations that candidates literally are not allowed to say no to. Um, I mean, they could say a general no. They're like, I don't want that money, but they can't not forbid a super PAC that backs them from taking it. it yeah, or are... creating ads, like, or just operating on their behalf, regardless of permission. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love to see if, if we were going to be able to pair that somehow, you know, uh, of an elimination of these advertisements, not these advertisements, this money contributions from corporations in that vein some way that also pairs back corporate personhood to make it easier to do that eliminate these super PACs and their unlimited corporate donations and whatnot uh, I, I I would feel a lot better about going towards that if we had paired that with that I also just think since we don't know these things and they are very very Byzantine it seems kind of weird to be fighting about this already like we can pass an asp an aspirational no oil and gas industry money on here and then leave the specifics for that for you know after the new congress is seated when we it actually yeah. matters yeah when it would actually come into play for sure yeah if you've got like highly technical first amendment arguments on this which are probably wrong but okay i'll let you have them you can at least agree in principle that we shouldn't have you know bot corporate interest on this this panel and then we'll worry about implementing it in a way that respects your First Amendment argument or tells you it's a stupid argument, one or the other, in right. February. Which is why I think you're actually, why your analysis was correct in the beginning, Brock. I, I think that this is, like, this whole thing is a made-up fight because they want to send it up a flagpole. Because it doesn't matter, and you're right, like, it is about unity, but... I think Pelosi's trying to gauge how progressive she's got to be. That's that's a fair point. Mm -hmm. She and is, she is, is feeling a, a new point, crowd. And if people yeah. really fucking give a shit and are like, yeah, actually, we really do need somebody to give a shit about climate change and we need those people in the room to be serious about it for once, you know, well, uh, we'll see how much traction that has. I like that idea. And, you know, hopefully... This big brouhaha is pushing her in that direction. Right. But, I mean, that, that is also aspirational. I have no idea if it's actually sure. or not, but I hope so. I mean, I did think it was pretty ironic that they had somebody from Florida be like, well, maybe it's not that important. I probably <laughs> haven't taken money from oil and gas. Just like, lady, your fucking state is going to sink in 10 fucking years. You better get on this bandwagon. Like, you above all should be at the front of this party <laughs> not telling the caboose like eeyore all right we're uh we're reaching our hour mark so we're gonna i think wrap it up here for our final little segment this week i'm going to crib from um ken's question here who's gonna cave and what are they gonna give up on the end of the shutdown how long is it gonna last 
who caves, and what's the solution? Dan, how about you go first? Okay. I think the shutdown is going to last until mid-January. I think how it's going to end up is about how I was talking about earlier. I think it'll go about a month. And I think what it will take is Democrats will give up about half the wall and in exchange they'll get a Christmas tree bill with a bunch of stuff like I was talking about. So DACA, uh, Mueller, you know, just get a bunch of stuff in there, get Trump to eat some shit, but that's what he'll get in exchange for half the wall. Let me half ask, the wall funding that he wants now. Okay, I was just going to ask, half the wall funding or half the wall funding that he wants now? Half the wall, so maybe three billion. Okay, uh, JJ, how about you? Uh, I also think it's gonna happen about the same time. I think, yeah, like the, a week before the new Congress is sworn in. Um, Wait, I think week. aren't they sworn in in early January? January? Oh, oh, I thought January. they were sworn in on like the twenty first. No, 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 no. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I was actually January. with JJ. I thought it was like January nineteenth to twenty first or something. Yeah, uh, I thought that Congress had like two weeks of session in January before the new one got sworn in. Nope, January third. Okay. Oh shit. Oh okay. Yeah, because I actually thought that they had a space to do like some wheel and deal right before the Dems came in, you know, midnight oil kind of vote to like fuck everything about, but yeah. they do not have that option at all. No, nope. a week from Monday or a week from Wednesday. Sorry. Or... Wow. No shit. Yeah. Well, fuck me. Then that kind of blows my whole like mental scenario. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, my pitch was going to be, like, no funding for the wall, no nothing. They just, Trump essentially bluffs himself, but plays it like it was Democratic obstructionist the whole time, and then just sets the stage for the the catcalls of Democratic obstructionism. Mm -hmm. uh, but if Dems are going to have to be in there already, then I guess that that's just going to have to be their playbook playbook from day one and this will be the first thing is no money for the wall and it's democrats fault it's shucking nancy's fault the government shut down because it was their fault and they won't give you a wall <laughs> to um, know what he wants yeah i uh i don't think it's gonna last that long i think it's gonna be uh like new year's or shortly after and uh okay. while i would prefer they not give one cent for the wall I do think he's going to get money. I don't think he's going to get half. I think they're going to get uh, they're going to get the Schumer deal plus uh, the Schumer deal mm -hmm. that was offered a few months ago, one point six billion for the wall plus DACA. I think he's going to get more than DACA now, but I, I think he's going to stick with the one point six billion for the wall, um, okay. which is roughly enough to to fund those environmental impact studies and uh, and maybe the couple little pilot studies to see what actually happens uh and then i don't think he gets any more money for it the rest of the term uh maybe optimistic but i i don't know i i think the dems feel like they have the wind at their back for the first time in a while for the first time in a long while and i just i think they're yeah. gonna get something for it i, I think i i okay, know it's a follow-up question though okay how quickly do you think that GoFundMe page will fund the wall? <laughs> follow up uh, to my follow up. How quickly do you think? Because I've already read some legal issues and that the person holding that money can't actually give it to the federal government to build a wall. Yeah, he's not so allowed to attach yeah. strings to it. Yeah, so how I, long until like a small LLC is created and people will actually work to build a wall? So the guy who who does that is actually like he's had a grift act before um he, he's done fraud uh <laughs> yeah he's a solid sentence right there nice. he's done fraud oh man he, he's gonna get rich yeah. more power to him he already is uh, it's uh, seven million dollars isn't it I saw on Reddit today. I don't know. Yeah, and there's a there's another one also over a million dollars to build an elevator over the wall or escalator over the I wall. I saw one for ladders to build yeah. ladders for the wall. Yeah, 
shit, we need to do this. Jesus. Seven million. <laughs> Holy ass fuck. Is it yeah. fifteen and a half million dollars right a, now? A red hat and their money are quick. We the people will fund the wall. GoFundMe.com, the Trump wall. Those sick bastards. I I'd say we start up a GoFundMe to build a moat. And we'll see how much red hat money we can get into this. You know, we can all retire. Yeah, shit, you know. Like, you know, I still need to pay my student loans, so I am totally, if this is legal, Dan, I'm fine. Let's do this. <laughs> well, let's see what happens to this Can guy. we he legally might, tell people might. that we're going to dig a moat and then just, like, dig, like, a six-inch trench, in, like, right outside of Tijuana? I'm sorry. The, the courts say that we can't give the money to the government, after all, unless it's appropriated by Congress. So I guess we'll have to use it to pay off our loans and our mortgages. He actually and... can give it to the U.S. government. It just has to go as into the Treasury. It uh, has to I go as a... He's not yeah. allowed to attach strings to it. He can't direct oh, them where to... Oh, it can't to... be earmarked. Okay. Exactly. It, it just has no to go to the general loans. Treasury fund. If, it, if it's directed towards something specific, then it has to be allocated by Congress. Still, he could still just... Fuck off to Brazil with seven million dollars. <laughs> Fifteen million dollars. Fifteen and a half million. Oh my the God. billion dollar goal. Yeah. So the the guy is okay. Brian Colfage. He's a triple amputee uh, veteran. He had previously ran a network of uh, racist and conspiracy theory right wing news sites called Right Wing News, um, and some affiliates with it, uh, including a, a Facebook group. It. Uh, it was taken down by Facebook after it was using fake accounts to drive traffic to the website, automatically click on ads, uh, and you know, farm misleading ads to people, hijack various Facebook APIs in order to get people's friends list. Uh, and yeah. Ooh, all ooh. right. Excellent fun fact about this Joker. He is a Florida man. <laughs> all right. So like Jackass doesn't even live near the border. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah. People who live near the border realize it's a disaster. So, yeah. The wall would be a terrible idea. <laughs> right. This is... Yeah. Shit, that's gonna go over my property. This is bullshit. No. <laughs> You're gonna fuck with the cattle rights on this federal land. That's there right. was a brilliant interview with, I think it was NBC News, about a Trump-supporting, Trump-voting uh, woman who runs a butterfly sanctuary on the border, and the wall was going to destroy her butterfly sanctuary... Uh, and completely fuck it up, and the government was going to execute eminent domain in order to get it uh, with the plan for the wall and like where it was going to go. And she she had this whole tearful interview with NBC News talking about how she didn't think it would ever come to this and whatnot. And I just oh, I want hmm. to let out the biggest I told you so in my life. Yeah, you know, leopards eating faces party. Yeah. Exactly. All, All right. right, guys. Well, have a good week. Thanks for letting us run a little long, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, all right. Have a good one, y'all. Have a good, Have a good one. one. Bye. Here.